Welcome to You Wear It Well. Hi, I'm your host, Jeff Heiserman, physical therapist and founder and CEO of Spectrum Ergonomics and Occupational Health Services. We're at the intersection of fashion and technology, otherwise known as wearables. We look at the people, products, and research that make up this exciting world of wearables. Are you a fashion designer, electrical engineer, or someone with the dream of designing a wearable? Apply for membership to my LinkedIn group page, Biotech Fashion, and join in the discussion. Are you a startup? Wearable company? Don't know where quite to go from here? Well, you have the questions, and Spectrum Ergonomics has the answers. Go to our company website at www.spectrumergonomics.com and click on the link wearables. There you'll find a wide variety of services and other contractors that we work with to help make your product become a reality. We're here to help you through the process of iteration to packaging and beyond. I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of You Wear It Well. And on today's show, my very special guest is doing some very, very interesting research with light. But he is the expert on this. I'm not going to say anymore. I'm just going to turn the show over to Dr. Lou Lim. Lou, the show is yours. Thank you. Well, my name is Lou Lim. I'm based in Toronto in Canada. Now, what me and my team does is we develop and offer to the public, uh, both medical and non-medical, wearable devices that are based on delivering light energy to your body or your brain. Now, not too many people are able to associate like we're doing any, anything other than maybe affecting your mood. And there are light panels out there you might be familiar with, red light therapy, that's quite popular nowadays. Red light therapy is used also on the faces. You see some uh, weird-looking masks that celebrities use to get rejuvenate the skin. So that's, it's gone into anti-aging territory now. Many of these are approved by the FDA. But generally, I say that the delivering light into your body or your brain falls into this category that's allowed by the FDA as a general wellness and uh, low-risk devices. So, so they're not necessarily medical devices if there are no medical claims 
attached to it. So you find a lot of applications in general wellness. Now we focus on improving brain performance. Although we do have devices that are out there and wearable, we're coming out with a number of devices that may help with treating pain. We've got devices that are approved by Health Canada to treat COVID-19. You may not be aware of, but it is out there. And we are doing, you know, uh, clinical trials to see if we can get ultimately approval from the FDA to treat long COVID, uh, particularly focusing on brain fog. We have a big trial that is ongoing for dementia. And we have uh, interesting stuff going on to treat traumatic brain injury. I think that's a, a an area that is very important that although it's not recognized as a medical condition because you can't really pinpoint, you know, traumatic brain injury as a clear medical condition that can be treated with, say, medication. So it's not quite there, but I believe that this modality in delivering the near-infrared light to the brain can achieve it. I believe it can because we have quite a lot of clinical data backing it. So having said that, there is still the question of, okay, how does it even happen? You've got light and you've got an injured brain, for example. How does it all work? So red and near-infrared light has two acting properties. One is that wavelength actually allows penetration. See, if you're treating brain injury to penetrate the skull and reaching the brain. Okay, it reaches the brain, then so what? Now, the other thing that red and infrared light does, as opposed to, say, blue or... So we, this is part of the electromagnetic spectrum. Uh, the longer wavelength goes into the territory of microwave and radio waves, but they don't have an action on the physiological side. Now, how red and infrared light works is when it penetrates into your body tissues, it acts on the mitochondria. And mitochondria exists in every cell except maybe the red blood cells. And mitochondria does this function of producing ATP through its activity with the electron transport chain. And in that chain, it receives its receptor for red and infrared light and goes into this activating uh, function and produces not just ATP, which is your cellular energy, it releases nitric oxide, which helps with the circulation, the blood circulation, and does a number of gene transcription, like producing growth factors that helps your cells to regrow. I won't go into really deep and interesting things on the biological side that we are investigating, like what happens to the microtubules that support your cells and your neurons and that kind of stuff. But they have photons within red and infrared light has this particular effect. When you pulse it at different frequencies like alpha and gamma, which we do 10 hertz and 40 hertz, which is 10 times a second, 10 cycles a second or 40 cycles a second, it does different things too. So we're investigating all these different things translate into a wearable device so that it is usable at home 
Let's start with how you know it becomes usable. We make it into a, I wouldn't say a helmet. It's just LEDs connected with bands and you know silicone and stuff. It's comfortable places on your head, and then it holds the LEDs, which deliver light into your brain uh, with sufficient power for penetration and to cause a physiological effect. We can do that with. There are, as I mentioned earlier about panels out there, we can have wearable devices that can wrap around your injured elbow or knee or damaged tissues. And does this because I mentioned earlier that red and near-infrared light actually activates growth factors that can help with healing. Accelerated healing is a very well-established outcome in photobiomodulation. I forgot to mention the word photobiomodulation. This is a, as opposed to red light therapy or low levels laser therapy. In our community, we, we're trying to get this established as a scientifically sound description of what this does. Photo as in light, bio as in the effect on the, the biological system. Modulation, as you can tell, is to modulate uh, modulate the of physiological effects. This is a brave description. Now, the other thing that is being done is it also has the effect of reducing inflammation. Inflammation is not bad. Inflammation is necessary for your body to get into your immune system causes inflammation so that it can activate the macrophages and all that to treat infection and, and so on. But Excessive and chronic inflammation is a problem, very often with chronic pain. And it goes, falls into this, and sometimes the body gets into that state and hasn't learned to shut off or calm it down. So then you have a chronic inflammatory problem. Now, there are studies out there that shows that autobiomodulation can actually reduce the inflammatory factors now, this was very interesting during COVID. We have a device I mentioned earlier that's been approved by Health Canada to treat COVID-19, actually. And, okay, COVID-19 is not a thing anymore. So that's why we you know, hasn't got the level of uh, publicity, but it seems to make a comeback, but it's not as fatal as, you know, the, the Delta variants when it came out near the peak of the pandemic. But uh, what it is showing us is because it is able to reduce this level of inflammation, the markers for inflammation, those cytokines, that it has helped to avoid the fatal outcomes of COVID-19 because it's not this virus at your, you know, the, 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 your breathing level in your upper respiratory tract, but it gets more fatal. It comes down the respiratory tract. It damages the endothelium and all this bunch of things and it causes sepsis and but one of the main causes of death was actually the body attacking your various organs not just the lungs but eventually it you if you recall it was shutting down the other organs of your body and then you see this scarring also on your lung this glass looking image markers in imaging this is the stuff that photobiomodulation has its power the power is not in one particular physiological outcomes. 
it is one intervention just send the lights to wherever your body needs it so that's one delivery one intervention but the pathways are multiple because i mentioned if you know because it is able to treat the mitochondria which is very fundamental the mitochondria you have hundreds of, or thousands in a cell depending on that particular uh, cells in your body but it does all these wonderful things and i mentioned that one of the trials that we are doing is on dementia now dementia is, is particularly alzheimer's disease can be complicated fda has approved a drug infusion and it reduces a certain marker called beta amyloid and then it got a lot of objection from the scientific community because yeah you reduce that marker doesn't mean you're treating alzheimer's but there is some reduction in the decline but many scientists would tell you that alzheimer's is complicated it has multiple pathways now we are seeing that you know small case reports and there are more coming out because you know this is an ongoing investigation for us that uh, we are looking at some really interesting significant outcomes we need a big clinical trial of course but why is it working is i believe it has this multiple pathways that is able to treat a number of different symptoms almost as symptoms of physiological pathways that could affect alzheimer's disease but i also have to say that this is not yet approved by any regulatory body not just us but everybody else in our field but we're uh, we're coming up with this hypothesis that we are continue to test now the bottom line is photobiomodulation has multiple pathways it's very interesting if you have the time just google photobiomodulation mechanisms and you can spend a whole day just understanding how this thing may possibly work but a lot of it is supported by over 50 years and numerous publications supporting all these various mechanisms in cell study which we are doing in animal studies and in growing human uh, clinical studies so yeah it can be dealing with medical conditions it can be dealing with pain and today we are actually investigating what it does on normal people how it may improve cognition how it may improve athletic performance because you need a say a higher level uh functioning brain in competitive events in sports in mental testing like examinations academic investigations or even meditation we are now analyzing data on what happens to high level meditators brains is highly fascinating it teaches a lot about what may be possible with normal human brains and for one thing the brains respond significantly to photobiomodulation in the near infrared range and they all respond differently significantly and differently and it, it depends on the guy so for example we want to get this guy's gamma brain wave you know up to a certain power but it doesn't mean that we get the gamma by delivering gamma to the brain it just brain can respond to very slow brain wave you know those who are familiar with brain waves say theta and the gamma goes up and uh, 
you know, on the reverse basis as well. So everything is complicated, but I would say, you know, come down to the bottom line. I would say generally that the body and the brain can respond significantly to photobiomodulation, more so if you have, if your cells are stressed, your body or cells are stressed, you respond more. And if you're healthy, it may not respond as much, but it does help with the maintenance and it keeps you, your brain, it keeps you smart and healthy and, you know, stuff like that and keeps you in a good state. And hopefully it prevents these unwanted outcomes, hopefully avoid mental uh, problems for your brain too. So I've covered a lot without going to, you know, a lot of depth, but hopefully it gives you a feel of what photobiomodulation can possibly do. And uh, it can be wearable. You can use it at home at an affordable price. So, uh, Jeff, you may have a number oh. of questions. I don't know I, yes, saying. I do have questions, Lou. I... <laughs> Spectrum Ergonomics and Occupational Health Services provides a broad array of design and engineering professionals for your wearable project. We feature the following design specialties. Pattern making, digital textile, athletic wear, sensor, fashion, exoskeleton, robotics, and mechatronics. We also offer beta testing of your wearable in our private clinic. You choose the demographics and sample size, Send us the sample, and we take care of the rest. For more information, go to www.spectrumergonomics.com for more information. Hey, if you're a startup wearable company, and you'd like to be able to get your information on this podcast, please contact me at my company website, www.spectrumergonomics.com. I'd love to be able to feature a little bit about what you're doing to let the world know about your wearable. Well, thanks for joining me at the intersection of fashion and technology. And may you wear it well.